0: Today on the Topic Show, IBM calls Elon Musk anti-Semitic. The hypocrisy is near unfathomable. DeSantis proudly tweets a video of a man who claims he switched from supporting Trump, but doesn't say why. UAW ratifies his Stellantis and Ford contracts. Bud Light Blue Bull tweet is roasted and gets less than 200 likes. Publix announces a new CEO. GM Cruise co-founder leaves after their CEO exits. Volvo stock crashes 14%. And Honda issues a recall for 250,000 vehicles, but your Honda Civic and Accord are safe. All of that and much more on The Topping Show. Thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in today. Today's episode of Topping Show is sponsored by Topping Technologies. Topping Technologies is an IT value-added reseller and services company with a special proficiency in IT security. Heck, I see their founder at least twice a day because he's quite handsome and brilliant. He's me, you see, that's the joke. If you're an IT leader or a business owner, you can reach the team at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Also trying to reach 4,000 subscribers by the end of November. So if you click that button, I would greatly appreciate it. Now going over to the business part of the podcast, you have Publix announcing a new CEO. And fun little facts about that company. Since This may be the very first or one of the first times we've spoken about them. They're one of the largest grocery chains. In fact, the largest grocery chain store specifically in both florida and georgia founded back in 1930 by george jenkins now has 1,351 locations now that being said i don't think they're too drastically big in texas we're more of an heb place so to say they're headquartered famously in san antonio i believe and it looks like they do serve areas including alabama florida georgia north carolina south carolina tennessee virginia and Kentucky so they're expanding slowly but surely in terms of business developments they're announcing a new CEO this thanks to an article from Alyssa Reimer over on LinkedIn and they noted that the their current CEO Todd Jones will be replaced by their current president Kevin Murphy while Jones takes the role of executive chairman Changes will be effective January 1st 2024 they also noted that Publix Hasn't really had a lot of these quote-unquote shakeups historically. And they know that they have some quote-unquote aggressive growth plans specifically in Kentucky. At the start of November, Publix reported a strong third quarter earnings with net sales up 7.2% to $14 billion. They also know that they face increasing competition in its home state of Florida. With rivals such as Aldi looking over to win customers. So it'll be interesting to see traditionally grocery stores are not the best in terms of retail and profit margins it's usually about 2% average which is why you don't see a lot of startups these days nowadays you can't help but think most startups are well perhaps confirmation bias but there's a lot of software startups but in terms of like a mom-and-pop grocery store so I'm trying to grow that most of them have been around for quite some time because of that huge advantage they have and the huge upfront cost cost of investment you have to make in order to compete with that and at the end of the day it's still only about 2% profit, which is razor-thin margins. One bad judgment call just destroys a company like that. So it'll be interesting to see as they face more and more competition, and they are trying to grow aggressively, how are they going to further differentiate themselves from the Aldi, which, again, is a very long, historically-based company. They've been around forever. The Aldi family, they've grown that company exponentially as well. And interestingly enough, I think, they're, I think Aldi is best known for having the quarter carts, which is a good incentive. It's one of those instances where you can only take a cart from their row of carts if you insert a physical quarter into a mechanism and actually de-links the chain. And I was going to say, inflation is starting to rear its ugly head. You can especially tell this because I went to a parking lot and I saw an Aldi cart with a quarter still inside. And because I'm not morally vacuous and I actually have a modicum of self-respect, I actually did the right thing and I put the cart back. And I instantly got a quarter, which... Really isn't worth anything these days, although I can use it in my blockbuster gumball machine around the corner over there. So there's a little silver lining in that situation. But it seems more and more people can't even be out there to put the cart back, even when they have a quarter incentive. Ridiculous. So it'll be interesting to see. Let me know, are you a big fan of Publix? And do you think they'll be able to increase their growth rate to actually overtake some of the competition? Or do you think there's not enough differentiators between the two? What What do you think... What perceive to you? What is their greatest competitive advantage, and the reason why you love shopping there, or why you prefer the competition? Be fascinated to hear What you have to say. Other interesting business news: You have General Motors Cruise co-founder leaving right as the CEO is leaving. Now, Cruise is a California-based automotive driving company, and one of those things where GM thought they'd be interested, and they bought the company out so that they could be all part of GM's future vision of having all EVs, and including more and more computers into it so that they can just drive yourself. Now, if this sounds like a sci-fi dystopian hellhole, well, there's a little bit of truth in that, considering some of the cars don't even have a steering wheel or pedals. So, good luck trying to do anything if the computers aren't thinking right, or if they get hacked, because everything that's electronic is vulnerable to malicious actors. Now, it'll be interesting to see how many people really adopt that, or how many consumers really prefer that, as opposed to just having your own, you know, wheel where you actually drive the vehicle. Now, personally, I think every vehicle by default should have three pedals, also known as a manual transmission. It's the most fun you'll ever have in a vehicle, which is why my vehicles have always had three pedals. You just can't be a six-inch. is the most fun you'll ever have in a vehicle, bar none. Can't recommend it enough. Now, interestingly enough, Cruise has been not great, to say the least. Now they've had instances where the vehicles actually hit pedestrians in San Francisco and that's especially bad because San Francisco is predominantly covered in human mm, fecal matter. I'm trying to think of a high-class way of saying that most of the city is covered in human excrement with the exception of when they actually cleaned up the city when China came to visit. For, de- for over a decade it was a just desolate wasteland but when China visit they changed their tomb pretty quick which shows you their priorities. Nevertheless I can't imagine being dragged. The vehicle runs you over and they drag you across the city And the city is littered with human excrement as well as a copious amount of needles from illegal drugs. That sounds like it's a little bit of adding insult to injury. Now, it looks like the co-founder now, specifically going back, they had the CEO leave because, again, the city of San Francisco actually pulled their permit to actually allow the autonomous vehicles to continue to operate. And GM then recalled all of them and paused production. We'll see how long they really put the brakes on that or if it just kind of stops altogether. Now, they noted that Specifically, Kyle Voigt, he was one of the co-founders and he has resigned according to email that was sent out to employees a couple days ago. You also know that Dan Cotton, the co- who co-founded Cruz with Voigt and held a less public-facing role, has also resigned. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. And still, there's no one named as a new CEO. And this says thanks to an article on TechCrunch, specifically by a writer by the name of Christian Corsack and Rebecca Bellin. And again, I don't know how many people really want to jump into that venture anymore. How many people really want to go work there? When again, all the leadership is leaving. The San Francisco basically kneecapped your ability to operate it in that area. So, I don't know. Let me know in the comments. Are you really itching to have this technology where you can have the car drive you everywhere and you don't even have to touch a pedal yellow on the wheel? Is that something people are really itching to have or do you think it's a fad or kind of just fade or fall to the wayside as we have this continuing transformation in the automotive community. It'd be fascinated to hear what you have to say. Other interesting business news: You have Volvo stock crashing about 14% due to their Chinese owner starting to liquidate some of their stock. Now it looks like that is one of the hardest days and that's because the parent company and Although I'm not intentionally trying to butcher this, I can't help but think the odds of me pronouncing this correctly are about 365 to 1 or something like that. But a wise pilot once said, never tell me the odds, so we'll go ahead and push through. So this is Volvo's parent company, Zhengshan Geely Holdings, and they liquidated about 100 million shares, which again caused them to drop about 14% last Friday. And they noted that the shares of Volvo listed in Stockholm closed the session around 11% after the trimming of some losses. The stock price has fallen as much as 40% earlier in the day and hit a record low. This, according to Reuters data, Volvo shares are down yearly to date 25%, which can't but wonder what's their overall trend looking like these days. What's the five-year? What's that? What's the long-term? Let's see here. So, eh, really? That's actually better than I thought. The five-year outlook is really good. So the max outlook is up 152%. The five-year outlook is increased 66%. And again, it's about $22.39 per share as of the recording of this episode. They also noted that in the past year, it's up 24%. Year to date, it's up 22.75%. Past six months, it's up 13%. One month, it's up 14%. So, let's see. So, overall, not too shabby of a trend, although it is also you know, disappointing because considering I don't even think they make any vehicles with three pedals, as known as manual transmission, also known as the best way to drive any vehicle bar none, but I know there are a couple of friends of mine who love their SUVs, and they make great ve- family vehicles. Not very inspirational or sports cars these days, I wouldn't think. But nevertheless, they have their niche market, and I'm sure they're very appreciated. Now, let's see here. Can't wonder... how long they'll still be acquired by the parent company, or how long they'll actually remain in that ownership as they continue to sell off some of the assets. When was the last time you actually bought a Volvo? I can't help but wonder when was the last time I actually knew someone. I know one person has a Volvo, anecdotally speaking, but when was the last time you actually heard of Volvo and would you ever buy one? That's another interesting question. Be fascinated to hear what you have to say. Now going over to the culture part of the podcast, you have IBM calling Elon Musk anti-Semitic, the ultimate irony. I could not comprehend something any more ironic, considering earlier this year I recently read a book called IBM and the Holocaust. Or Holocaust, depending on how you pronounce it, in which that book actually details how IBM was famous for making and merging of multiple companies, the most valuable intellectual property of which was the tabulation machine. Now, a brief history on the tabulation machine, very similar to how AI is breakthrough today, technology. Back then, it literally cut down the time to do a task by tenfold. Unfathomable gains in terms of efficiencies. And Watson, he was a very aggressive businessman. And they were doing the tabulations. They actually started by doing the census for all these countries in Europe, as well as the United States. And they did the census for everyone's race, their religion. So when Germany, Germany started to talk, uh, talk, take over, rather, again, I'm not a doctor, but if you click the subscribe button, it may cure my stuttering. Perhaps it's worth a shot. That's all I'm saying. Now, IBM was responsible for all the logistics of World War II, basically. And on the United States side, they actually created munitions for the United States as well as logistics as well. So they play both sides. Now, with Germany, not only do they do the calculations as to keeping track of everyone, trying to think of a, well, I don't think there is a polite or a high class way of covering this topic. It's morally abhorrent and disgusting to say the least, and perhaps the most evil thing a company has done in history. Now, IBM identified the Jewish community they also helped Germany keep track of them with the numbered system. It was IBM's subsidiary in Germany doing that. And is a fascinating instance where IBM owned it, but they a lot of people suspect, and the book again is called IBM and the Holocaust by Edwin Black, and it's a brilliant read. It's extremely detailed. A lot of people came together to put that data together. But as well as instances where given all the information that they currently have it is collectively agreed that IBM knew what was going on and Watson. Historically, he was a very much of a control freak. He was calling the shots, even though officially the companies were disconnected after a certain period of time when world war two began and the United States started to put up some barriers and try to disconnect businesses from operating in Germany. Now they also did logistics for the trains. For everything from even military supplies moving around it not only gave them the tool to do what they did but they finally tuned the tool consistently to make it more and more efficient so there could be an argument that IBM is the most morally vacuous business in history I believe and now IBM is calling Elon Musk anti-semitic so interesting enough Let's pull up the first article. So this is, again, from CM, actually CBS News. And they pull up a couple of the tweets that Elon Musk had liked as well as reliked. Now, someone by the name of the artist, artist formerly known as Eric on Twitter, or X as 18 people call it, he says, quote, well, let's see here, okay, Jewish communities have been pushing this kind of exact dialectical hatred against whites that they have That they claim to have people to stop using against them. I'm deeply disinterested in giving the tiniest shit now about Western Jewish populations coming to the disturbing, dot, dot, dot. And Elon Musk said, quote, you have said the truth. Uh, Elon Musk is also starting a battle with Media Matters, who historically is very much bipartisan. Or rather, strike that, reverse it. Very parson in the fact that they only attack one side of the and they're very much against any modicum of free speech. And they're saying, IBM is actually claiming that there's a lot of hate speech on Twitter, or as 18 people call it X. And the controversy, as more and more evidence is coming to light, as well as this is instances where apparently, and this is you know to be proven in the courts, uh, the process has begun, is in a sense where apparently... You had media matters employees sign up to follow all these people on twitter and those people were very bombastic and some of them were anti-smack i believe and then anti-media Matters said hey why am i seeing a apple why, why is this apple uh advertisement appearing right next to us well they're following that person and the ads they, are, they go to everyone so that's one train i thought that many people are arguing and that's Another instance as kind of evolving around the situation. Now, when IBM was asked for comment of why they pulling their funding, they said, "Quote: IBM has zero tolerance for hate speech and discrimination, and we have immediately re- suspended all advertising out next while we investigate this entirely unacceptable situation." Unquote. That's from an IBM spokesperson. Now, interestingly enough, as a little ADHD note, going back to the book IBM and the Holocaust, IBM never paid any retribution for this. They never paid anything in terms of. There's just a coincidence when the book came out, they happened to give a couple million dollars to the Holocaust Museum, but they've never admitted any wrongdoing officially, and there's a lot of speculation on a lot how many documents were actually destroyed. But in the book, there are several documents that are brought forth that had been unknown for years. It is a hard read in many in many ways, but I do recommend it. it is Quite a lengthy read as well, and very complex in terms of the business and subsidiaries and subsidiaries, but it is a horrifying and fascinating book. I do recommend you take a peek at especially if you're a business owner like myself, as well as a, you know, there are many inter- reasons the book I found is fascinating. I recommend, it. can't recommend it enough. Now, pulling up Linda's response. So you had X saying, quote, X's advertising system says, quote, is not intentionally placing any brand actively next to this type of content, nor is a brand actually trying to support this content with placement, unquote. And they also, Twitter said, quote, groups like Media Matters aggressively search for posts on X and then go into the accounts, and if they see an ad, Media Matter researchers keep hitting refresh to capture as many brands as possible, unquote. Which, again, that makes sense because ads are just being placed for that person. The ads, as far as I know, in terms of their say, they can't decide what exactly they're placed next to. And again, if you're on Twitter and you say to follow someone, you're saying you want to see that content. So, interestingly enough, let me know if you disagree with this situation. But, it, I mean, it sounds like more and more of a hit piece on Elon. And I'm, let's see here, going over to another news article on Variety. In which Elon Musk had also said, quote, everyone is allowed to be proud of their race except for the white people because we've been brainwashed into believing that our history was somehow worse than the other races, unquote. And that was, quote, super messed up, unquote. Continued to say, quote, time for this nonsense to end, end and shame anyone who perpetrates these lies, unquote. And interestingly enough, in terms of you know anecdotal experience, going to public school system, which unfortunately I did, you... There's a kind of that transition in history class, or after a certain period in the United States, we were only taught about other countries' accomplishments, and it is a fast it is a weird thing in the U.S. Every race is proud to be or allowed to be proud of themselves, except the Caucasian type. I remember I used to my family was from Cuba, and it's one of those instances where I remember there's a Hispanic you know Heritage Day. I think it was in high school or college. I mean. I mean, I wasn't too big into it, just because, I mean, one of those instances where my family perhaps are just old school or old souls, but we always just brought me up to treat people, you know, based on how their actions are, not based on things that they cannot control or that are outside of their control. So, it's interesting to see, and let me know in the comments, do you think there's any truth to that, in terms of, I mean, there's other months of celebration for other inventors that, of different races, but... It is oddly absent, especially from public schools. You really don't talk about that much. It's a very unusual situation. And again, in terms of treating everyone equally, one would think it would be rational to say, let's celebrate everyone's accomplishments, regardless of what they look like or their... Like. So it's interesting that they're all saying that Elon is anti-Semitic because of those statements. And then they have an instance where Elon Musk also point out how George Soros is using a lot of money to elect district attorneys, who the, those policies are having a lot of negative effects. George Soros happens to be Jewish, Well, that's a rabbit hole you might not want to go down into in terms of looking up his activities during the war or World War II. But it's an instance where, well, there are billionaires and philanthropists on both sides of the political aisle. And it's famously, if you are against billionaires, you know, if you hate rich people. One of the things you always hear about in terms of Republican donors is the Koch brothers. Yeah, they, they're su- they successful, they're billionaires, and they make political donations, just like Bill Gates, just like George Soros. I mean, yeah, people both sides of the political aisle. Thanks to the big tech boom, I think you could argue in terms of monetarily, they're probably more on the left these days. If you look at the donations just of those companies in San Francisco Bay Area, it's over 99% to one side of the political aisle, usually Democrats. And... It makes sense because they have more favorable policies. I understand why it happens. It's also the culture of the Bay or the San Francisco area. So let me know in the comments. Do you think there's any real legitimacy of this situation where people are believing and they're um, their portraying Elon Musk as anti-Semitic or do you think they're trying to attack him because he won't bend the knee? He's not building in these back doors to Twitter where they used to just communicate directly with all these government entities and censor people. I mean, it's one of those things where there's a little bit of truth to the old adage of yesterday's conspiracy theory is today's reality. Let me know in the comments. And if you want, I've been thinking about doing a book review. Let me know if you'd be interested in me covering the book IBM and the Holocaust by Edwin Black. It is a very complex read. It is also very, um, very. It's a very dark book, of course. It's fascinating, but let me know in the comments if that's something you'd be interested in hearing. Again, more feedback back the better. I want to make the show more interactive and more interesting to everyone and obviously improve the quality over time. Again, as usual, it'll be fascinating to hear what you have to say. Other interesting culture news, you have Bud Light Blue Bull Tweet roasted. And I will read the top responses. And interesting enough, is their censorship fading? Now, Bud Light is one of the most hmm, business blunder of the century companies. Like, they just shot themselves in the foot worse than any company i've seen before now in terms of their censorship for a few months now if you just went a little bit against the grain they would censor you like that and even my personal twitter profile at n i c t o p p i n g is all instances where there's a bud light tweet and all i did was say thanks for reminding me to buy Yangling, and i had a picture of Yangling bottles and cans I didn't say any. I didn't say anything bombastically against the company. I didn't say Bud Light sucks. I didn't say. Um, I didn't tweet that their liquid beer, their liquid beer that is Bud Light, is perhaps more appropriately used as a weed killer, or against the Geneva the Geneva Convention to torture prisoners by forcing them to drink the disgusting swill. I didn't say anything about that. All I said was, "Thanks for reminding me about your competition," and for that little thing, they just they blocked me on Twitter. And interestingly enough. One of the few times my YouTube videos was actually censored in terms of they disabled the comments was when I did a story talking about Bud Light censorship. Ironic and hilarious that YouTube chose to censor that one. And no matter how many times I click the button to say allow all comments, which I do by default, it would revert to disable comments within seconds, which kind of shows where YouTube Allegiances is. I suppose maybe Bud Light gives them a lot of money for marketing, though I have never, I haven't seen Bud Light commercial in quite some time on YouTube. Now, in terms of their tweet, Bud Light tweeted saying, quote, You've heard of Tennessee Orange, now get ready for Bud Light Blue. Which is a tweet. And it got 34,200 views. So, that, that's, for a global brand, that's terrible. But for them, it's a little bit more than normal. So, you could say that's a little bit of an improvement. But almost a mathematical impossibility... They got 181 likes, which is so bad. It's almost as bad as Chris Christie, who perhaps we will coin it right here, right now. There's a phenomenon I call in which the Chris Christie effect, and it's a phenomenon in which you tweet something and you get zero positive responses, which I thought was impossible. I thought he would at least have one family member or a staff member, someone on his team watching or reading his tweets and trying to say something responsive that's positive but it there wasn't a single one And they happened multiple times i scrolled through the whole responses and they're just all roasting chris chrissy now don't get me wrong there's a lot of material to work with there's a large amount of material to work with pun moderately intended but i thought there'd at least be one positive one now 181 people like this and i know public schools are all-time low for tests the act scores are at 32 year low yeah, the public school teachers in the union say they deserve more money. So we'll do a little fun math here today. So 181 people actually like this. So we're going to divide by 34,000. Gives us 0.005323. Now to turn to a percentage, we simply multiply it by 100. That gives us a like percentage of 0.53235. Or if we see, feel so inclined, we can actually round it to 0.53, which is also known as, yeah, that, that's not so good. Not, not really. And doing that little percentage, little mathematics right there, just added more value than some public schools in the United States, which is actually a little bit sad, also funny, but kind of shows you the United States school systems. But nevertheless, let's go to the comments section. I They usually have one or two positive ones. I don't think it'll be... Completely roasted. Let's dive in and find out. Rail Rick Steele 1950 says, quote, move on to Miller Lite. Keep your Bud Light blue. You just can't apologize to your larger customer base, can you? Waiting. Unquote, got 48 likes. Phil Feast has a picture of what looks like to be a biological man with a wig grimacing in pain. And the meme, or the text about the picture says quote when you think you're a woman but you're but you catch your private in a zipper unquote though it did say well i guess dick is the name of a person too so it did say that context matters i'm told well depends on your political affiliations but nevertheless that got 58 likes now interestingly enough for the past six months those types of pictures would be censored immediately by the light so i don't know if they're starting to lean into the meme or they're Perhaps they think maybe it will go away if they just let the people speak for a little while longer. Let me know what your theory is, but they would never allow this a couple of months ago. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm clicking here, and there are many hidden responses, but that particular one, I'm surprised that's still there for now. Now, scrolling down, someone by the name of Empty Steel simply says, No, thank you, getting nine likes. Uh, there might be a real one. Someone by the name of Ashley. But her name has no Y's. A-S-H-L-E-E. That, that's, that's ridiculous. I mean, it's almost ridiculous as being named after a food, like topping. Oh, wait. Never mind. Nevertheless. This person allegedly says, quote, I'm blue and I'm feeling all right. Unquote. I can't help but think this is a possibly a real response. Is it a robot? Let's dive in. Let's investigate her right now. I don't know what you call demon makeup, but it's like the Insane insane Clown Posse, the ICP, I think is what the youth say. I don't know. I'm not going to guess her weight, but I'm guessing there's a not negligible amount of her weight being added because of the makeup. There's a lot of volume of makeup material. Now, apparently she is a, what is she? She doesn't say who she is, but she does have, she's a content creator. And she has 1,076 followers. Not to brag, but it's all about quality over quantity. I do have about 300 followers on my Twitter. Now, oh dear. She has blue short hair, short about my length of hair. It's blue. She got five likes for that. So to her credit, that's an original piece of material. She did create something. I thought it was going to be one of those serial reposters for like the public sweepstakes where they just repost everything for free that they can get for free. So interestingly enough, well, I say I spoke too soon. Perhaps she's reposting a lot. Let's see. She says a lot of funny pictures of cats and dogs. Interestingly enough, a real response. Now, that being said, it got zero likes, but it did exist. There is a positive response to this. Jam40 says, quote, no, go away, unquote, gained 27 likes. Gopak Zach says, quote, nobody wants Bud Light of any color, unquote, gained 54 likes. Mr. Dog, though, it's spelled D A W G in the pictures of a man, so I don't really think it's a dog, but nevertheless, it's an alleged dog says, quote, you are dead to me, getting 34 likes. Anonymous Moose, who? I mean, I was gonna say A+, but we're gonna say B- for marketing. The picture of their profile is of, in fact, a moose. However, the face is not blurred out. So, I mean, with the proper technology, you could identify this moose, and it would no longer be anonymous. But nevertheless, this alleged moose says, quote, If you had sincerely apologized, swore to never dabble in identity politics again, and handed out a few scholarships to real women, Garby would still have a job, more unemployment to follow until you get this, unquote. The person got 34 likes, and they did link to an article where they talk about their last chief marketing officer leaving the company. Which is also interesting how many times have Bud Light lied to us. First they said it was an outside marketing company, they had nothing to do with it. And, uh, then it turned out their company, Bud Light, actually int- internally did uh, actually coordinate much of it. Then they said, oh no, it was just one bottle. It wasn't a campaign. And then we find out they paid Dillon of $185,000 for multiple materials. The lies are adding up exponentially. Zuma says, quote, pro marketing tip your marketing team should be the same demographics as your target market. It has a picture of a Bud Light can plus Alyssa Hyderschild, the brilliant marketing VP of marketing or marketing director. And, Bush, and it equals Dylan Mulvaney holding Bud Light with a cringe, weird-looking smile that Dylan is known for. Now, that got 31 likes. I don't think it's necessarily true in terms of, I mean, really doesn't matter what the marketing department looks like in regards to, well, Alyssa child does have a creepy smile, but nevertheless, it's more of the point of just knowing, knowing your customer, really. Know your customer base and appeal to them. If you want to increase your customer base by adding more, growing it in terms of their demographics, just make sure you're going about it the appropriate way, making sure they all same share the same core values. I mean, again, Bud Light and Andrew Bush, and Bev, it could have just stuck to the Americana flag, which many people believe in that to this day. Unfortunately, not as many as they used to, but still that encapsulates a myriad of different people. But no, they thought, let's get rid of our fratty image, which is Alyssa Hirschild's brilliant idea. She shall be remembered for the eons in marketing and business. What Not to Love says a picture compilation, so they don't really say, they may pretty much the show, not the tell, and it is a Bud Light, a case of Bud Light, and it says, I called AutoZone to order a case of training fluid and got this. And then is it is also more pictures of men dressed up as ponies or something like that. They got 12 likes. Someone recently just did a picture of Dylan Mulvaney. No caption, just a picture of Dylan holding the Bud Light with that smile. They got 24 likes. That someone was the big guy. Someone by the name of Casey had the gif from Austin Powers' Dr. Evil saying, How about no? Getting 8 likes. Bad Ghost says, No. gained 26 likes. Williams says, No moss, You lost your customer. Going woke. Well, unquote. Getting 12 likes. Find a kind says, quote, watch this post get ratioed again, getting nine likes. Rodney King says, no thanks, getting seven likes. Jelby says, no, getting seven likes. Mike B says, not a pass. Let's, let's freaking buy it, unquote. Oh no, he says, again, I'm not a doctor, but if you click subscribe, it might cure, perhaps. dyslexia and stuttering, a mirror out of my speaking inabilities. Perhaps, Maybe. If you think it's bad, just remember, watch the first videos. It's much worse. Believe it or not. Nevertheless, someone by the name of Mike B says, quote, Nah, I'll pass. Let the freaks buy it. I'm 10 likes. Dude says, quote, I'm a yingling guy now. Thanks for driving me to taste, test, and find another brand. Hashtag yingling is fantastic. Unquote. Getting 11 likes. Let's see here. And, and I keep scrolling down. If it's, eh, Mug, Muggle Josh says, quote, if it's Blueberry, I'm in. It's a moderately neutral to positive response, like, although it got zero likes. So interesting enough, maybe two positive ones. Now, of course, the more interesting ones are the hidden responses. So Bud Light did still censor it, not as much as they normally do. Now, interesting enough, some of these actually don't see... They don't seem too terrible. Now, this one from Franklin Boot Girl says, quote, take the word Tennessee out of your mouth, unquote, gain one like, which, again, that's not too bombastic or pejorative, unless I'm not reading it properly or right. Cal simply said, oh, goody, another product to not buy, unquote. That got one like until Bud Light censored it. So that's now on the hidden responses. Mike, let's see here. Oh. Unless I get an error. What did it say? Mike simply says, F, Bud Light Blue. I'm quoting one like, though he did use the actual F word. Let's see here. J. says, says, More like Bud Light Blue. And it's spelled B-L-E-W. Which, a word pun is appreciated. I'll, I'll approve. That got seven likes. Benjamin says, Quote, Keep trying, Transwiser. I will never hold another cannon. quote Getting five likes. Rich Texan says, "Quote and the person nearly gets an A plus remarking." They have the Texan from The Simpsons, where he have he has a Texas hat. Now he's just missing a little extra pin on his lapel that is of the picture of the shape of Texas. But nevertheless, close to a plus remarking. Rich Texan says, "Quote F but late, haha." True crime Scotsman says, quote, $185,000, unquote, in reference to how much they paid Dylan Mulvaney. A lot of people, yeah, a couple more people saying, quote, you were caught in a lie, hashtag Bud Light. Imagine paying 185 k only to lose millions, karma baby, unquote, getting one like. And those are all the hidden responses that Bud Light thought were just too, too out there for people to read. So, as a youth might say, they were ratioed beyond all belief. And I can't help but think, the outlook for Bud Light and their social media for the near future, it's precarious, to say the least. I would more realistically say the outlook is not so good. Now, going over to the political part of the podcast, you have DeSantis probably tweets a video of a man saying he switched from Donald Trump. Though, he actually doesn't really even say why. Now, DeSantis is still slowly hanging in there in terms of the polls. I mean, he is the top... Person in the Republican nominee if you don't count Trump that's a big if considering the Delta between the two are usually between 30 to 40 percent it's there's a big gap that DeSantis needs to actually close in order to actually re- get the Republican nominee and I'm gonna say the odds on that are not good it's not zero but this did go moderately viral so Ron DeSantis tweeted this and it got 431 thousand views and for Ron DeSantis, that's pretty darn good now DeSantis before the video says quote we're changing voters' minds one at a time. Thank you for the support, Robert. I will not let you down, unquote. And he actually tweet retweeted from the DeSantis War Room, and it said, quote, Robert from Nashua, Iowa, who recently attended Trump's rally in Waterloo, went to one of Ron DeSantis' events today. After listening to him speak, he changed his mind. Interesting. So it's only about 16 seconds long. Oh, they say he's from. I'm a little suspicious. They say he's from Iowa, but he doesn't have a Hawkeye pin or a lapel on his shirt. Or even an Iowa State insignia on there. Not even a. No Iowa apparel on him at all. I don't want to say it's weak, but. Eh. A little interesting. So let's hear what Mr. Robert has to say. Hi, I'm Robert Kraft from Nashville, Iowa. I went to a Trump rally in Waterloo. Uh, since DeSantis was up here, I would come up to Charles City and see him. And he has changed my mind. This is a man I totally believe in. Thank you. Hi. That, that's the most ineffective, useless thing I've heard in years. I, he says, okay, I switched. Why? It, and DeSantis made a cognitive decision. He chose to retweet this. He thinks this is going to give him likes, views, and accolades. Which, again, I'm not saying it's wrong to... Highlight why people are choosing you, but the big thing you should be doing is the how. The why. Someone just saying, oh yeah, I used to support Trump, but now I like DeSantis, but... Okay, but what drew you to that new conclusion? What? Why are you switching to DeSantis now? Are you a fellow boot enthusiast or a heightening enthusiast? Someone who appreciates high heels? I, there are many reasons, I don't know, this person didn't clarify, but... Again, to be more compelling, which is what you need in politics and shoot everything these days in life. But let us know why. This person, he said he went to the Trump rally, then he went to the DeSantis rally. Now he likes DeSantis? Like, he could have, this again, DeSantis should have had him articulate one reason. And again, I'm not saying there's no reasons to switch. Well, but what is that reason? Because, again, if he had that reason, that'd be better advertising. This just tells me this guy went to Rowan rally and they went to another one, it just, to me, shows he's incredibly impressionable. Does he just follow whatever the latest trend is, or just just follow the latest rallies at, and then next week he'll go to another rally for another politician that will support them? Like, again, there's nothing wrong with choosing a different politician. Maybe they say something you like. Maybe they go get, they have a new policy that you agree with. But, articulate the why and be a lot more compelling. And I can't help but think, I'm not going to be alone in this analysis or this conclusion, so let's Dive in the comments and find out. And again, it went pretty well. It got 431,000 views, although I only got about 2.7,000 likes. Now, going on to the comment section, you have someone by the name of Art Candy, and she says, quote, yeah, you're changing them to not voting for you. Unquote, getting 118 likes. Taz Magadonian says, quote, that's 99 people who will vote for you drop out or sink further on quoting 126 likes. The Trump train says, quote, and this person does get an A plus remarking because they have actually a little emoji of a train in their profile name, which I do not even know you can do, partially because I'm an adult, so I really don't use many emojis these days. But nevertheless, the Trump train says, quote, he will be voting for Trump in one year, unquote. That simple statement got 150 likes. CK says, quote, dude, this is one guy that you most likely paid. We will not change our mind. We want Trump back, unquote. Got 67 likes. Ludwig never misses, says, quote, don't forget to smile when you tweet, unquote, getting 14 likes. California girl, a California world, says, quote, did you, did the DeSantis campaign pay him to say this, unquote, getting 17 likes? Joy Reaper says, quote, yes. You are. Every day, more and more DeSantis supporters are changing their mind and choosing to vote Trump. Some of your large donors and some are disenfranchised regular folks, but the change explains your tanking poll numbers. I'm 35 likes. And actually, out of curiosity, let's pull up the national poll aggregator right now. Comes from 538.com. Again, that's a poll of polls. And yeah, I was going to say it's not so good. DeSantis went down a little bit. Not. A lot, but he went from about 14% to 13.2%. And Trump did increase, actually. So Trump is Trump is at an all-time high, at 60.3%. Again, this is for the Republican nominee to become, for the presidential nominee, rather. And, yeah, Trump is at 60.3%. DeSantis is at 13.2%. Nikki Haley has increased. She's at 9.6%. Vivek Ramaswamy is at 4.8%. So he went down by uh, about two, uh, 1 to 2 thousand percent. Chris Christie is about the same at 2.9%. Burgum actually went up by 0.01%. He's now at 1%. Asa Hutchinson is somehow still in the race. I don't know why. And Hutchinson is down to now 0.5%. Because again, recently we had Tim Scott drop out of the race. And for some reason, Mike Pence was there for New York minute as well. But yeah, the polls. And again, there's still time. Don't get me wrong. Politics moves quickly. There could be some breaking news tomorrow. It you know, changes everything, so to say. But, yeah, as of right now, that gap between Trump and DeSantis is just growing and not in DeSantis' favor, to say the least. Now, let's do a couple more comments of here. Walter Wright says, quote, Is that why you're down 40 points to the next president, Trump? I'm quoting 17 likes. And, yeah, again, right now, again, this is from 538. Trump is at 60.3. DeSantis is at 13.8 two that's a big gap let's see here other top comments someone by the name of summer 2013 says quote yep especially us floridians that will never vote for you again you abandoned florida you left us in a crisis Unquote. Getting 56 likes can for desantis which gets a bonus point for rhyming i appreciate that Says, quote, thank you, Ron DeSantis. Your support is deep, pure, and loyal. We've got your back and cannot wait for you to be next our, our next president, unquote. With an alligator emoji as well as a U.S. flag emoji. And that did get 40 likes. So, as I predicted, they did. DeSantis did not achieve the Chris Christie effect. A phenomenon in which you get zero positive responses, which is mathematically impossible. You would assume that these politicians would have a family member or a staff member on their Twitter viewing it so they could actually contribute to it in a positive way Chris Christie not so much so there is one positive one for DeSantis Someone by the name of Troy says quote meanwhile keep standing tall though and it is a looks to be a veteran event we have hundreds of veterans loud music and they're all eagerly standing around and I'm gonna guess let's see here Are they taking picture of Trump I'm not seeing it let's see here yeah oh yeah there he is yeah obnoxious beyond all belief for that volume level sorry about that and I'm scrolling more and more let's see here John trolled says quote you're going to need to change the minds of a couple more million people if you want to win, drop out, endorse Trump. Your time may still come, Ron. I'm quote getting 96 likes. Although, again, his... I don't know who... I don't know how inebriated the people are on his campaign staff for their strategy, but they're not doing great. They're just doing worse and worse week over week, according to all pretty much every poll that we've seen. So I don't know what they're thinking or if they're trying to sabotage him. That's another theory that's out there, but... They're not doing great. And as it... Uh, I was going to say, Matt, a curveball, though I'm not too surprised. Someone by the name of Mike Kalinda says, quote, imagine being f- down 40 in your home state and thinking you still have a chance to drop out Ron in this picture of Ron DeSantis in leather high heel boots. And I get 82 likes. So as a youth might say, they were ratioed, to say the least. And... I'm not too surprised. Again, it, one of those things where he didn't even give a compelling reason. He just said he went to two rallies and now he likes DeSantis, which is a lost opportunity for DeSantis. He should. Again, I don't know if this is a real video in terms of they didn't pay. I don't know if they paid this guy. I don't know if he rehearsed this. But even if you're the interviewer, if you're someone on the camera, like if it's a reporter, the guy said, "Oh yeah, I went to Trump, they went to DeSantis, so I like him." No one had the, fourth, the thought to just say why. Because again, that would have been a more compelling campaign video, as opposed to this, which just fell flat on its face. Let me know in the comments if you think I'm wrong, but this certainly isn't helping him gain any supporters, well certainly on social media. So, not too surprised, it'll be interesting to see, will he be able to pull out of that nosedive and salvage his campaign? I mean, as Magic 8 Paul would say, the outlook is not so good. Other interesting political news, you have the United Auto Workers approving the Stellantis as well as the Ford deals. Now, this is after months of the negotiations and a six-week strike in which all the UAW members that were on strike were paid about $500 per week. Thanks to their slush fund of about $820 million. It looks like they have accepted the offers. Both of the union and unions have ratified the contracts for both Ford as well as Stellantis. And let's see here. Passed to decide members for Atlantis. This is thanks to a news article by Emma Thorne over at LinkedIn. And looks like all the album companies are now agreed. And it includes things such as a twenty five percent wage hike increase. Which, again, name one job in your career or I it's an unfathomable amount of entitlement as well as increasing their Wages. I can't believe the big three actually agreed to this. I also speculate, I'm not sure this is going to help bankrupt them again, as they've gone bankrupt multiple times throughout their histories, especially General Motors. But there's all those instances where the competition has a lower cost of labor, a more reliable product, and a big jump on them engineering wise. I mean, GM wants to compete with Tesla. I don't think it's a prime business decision, but that's what Mary Barr wants to do. They also don't have dealerships at Tesla's. So they don't have that huge markup and that frustration that many consumers go through when they have to deal with the average dealership. Again, some of the dealerships are awesome. They'll help you out. Some are a little bit more unscrupulous. I'm not saying all are good or all are bad. I think the consumer perception and overall is that they don't add enough value compared to the amount that they charge for their services on average. Now, interestingly enough, not only do they get a, a wage increase of 25% over the course of the four-year contract, which again, I don't know anyone who's gotten that good of a pay raise in my lifetime. And they also know that they're getting a restoration of a cost of living adjustment, which is a hilariously ironic thing that the UAW members complained about, which was inflation, which they elect politicians who helped cause inflation. A little funny irony there. So they're going to get their cost of inflation back, as well as a couple other things that they gave up when they helped bankrupt the companies during the Great Recession. That was around 2009. General Motors, as well as Stellantis, well at the time Chrysler, went bankrupt. GM bankrupt for, I believe, the third time since Billy Durant founded the company all those years ago by combining Buick as well as Oldsmobile. And Chrysler went bankrupt so bad they were bought it by a European company called Fiat. And a couple years later, they restructured now the parent company now behind all that, all the brands such as Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, as well as other brands like Maserati, Fiat, and other European companies. Those are all known as Stellantis now. Or Stellantis if you feel so inclined, since they are European-based. And it'll be interesting to see. I don't know if this is going to... Bankrupt the companies again. A majority of them, of the union members, did vote yes for it, of course, in order for it to be ratified. And let me know in the comments do you think this is going to be detrimental to the long term competitiveness of these companies? I mean, when you look at where they're making cuts and who's making sacrifices, well, right now it's on the corporate side. So GM bought out a few thousand employees out of their contracts in February 2023. And then more recently, you have Stellantis also doing a similar announcement where they're trying to buy out a lot of the people from their corporate jobs as well. and that's an instance where you basically pay someone's on a contract and you just pay for the rest out and then they eliminate the position. So they're making huge cuts to try to decrease their cost again to try to compete with Tesla, which they believe is the right business move to make. I don't know if that's a proven business decision. Time shall tell to see who is right. Maybe we'll be somewhere in the middle. but with all these things that they're giving the unions, do you think this will propel the companies to be better, or will it further hinder them from evolving to the next chapter that they're trying to push towards, which is being a competitive EV company? Which again, it's a whole different game. That's going from an automobile company to more of an IT company. You're gonna need a huge different talent pool in terms of engineering, robotics, software. I mean, it's a night and day in terms of the technologies and the whole company structure. They'll be interested to see, but, I would say the outlook is precarious to say the least. It's quite concerning. But let me know in the comments if you think this is a win, because again, the UAW originally wanted 80 to $100 billion per company, or across the, the four year contract, they wanted 40% increase in their wages, which would quite literally bankrupt some of them. I mean, if you look at a 10K and look at the quarterly statements from these companies, you look at how much profit they make, how much revenue they make, the original ask from the unions would have bankrupt them with the current finances that they have. So let me know in the comments, do you think this is gonna help repel the company? Or are they just going to be kind of a life support and they might go bankrupt again in the short term, maybe five, ten years? Be interesting to see, but as I always say, time shall tell. Now going on to the business blunder of the day, you have Honda issuing a recall for 250,000 vehicles. But your Honda Civic as well as your Accord are safe. Now this definitely is a business blunder considering Honda is one of the most reliable car companies out there. Their cars, unlike an electric vehicle, a Honda with an internal combustion engine, will last a darn near a million miles in a quarter of a century. My family still drives a 2001 Honda Accord with an internal combustion engine with four cylinders. I think it's solid as a rock. And it's darn near bulletproof. It's great reliability and a great ROI. Especially because, again, if the battery goes down on that car, what is it, 150 bucks for a new interstate battery thrown in there? As opposed to, if an EV goes bad, you're talking seven, 10, 25 grand for a battery, which makes it basically a smartphone on wheels in terms of only one company can repair it. The ROI is not there, but nevertheless, it's a great ROI traditionally for any good old Honda with an truck combustion engine. Now, that being said, this is definitely a business blunder because Honda is known for making extremely reliable vehicles. That's part of their whole brand. Now, specifically, they're recalling 250,000 of their vehicles that include, and am going down to the actual numbers here, the Acura TLX, the Acura MDX, the Honda Pilot, the Honda Ridgeline, as well as the Honda Odyssey. In terms of the years manufactured, specifically the 2015 to 2020 Acura TLX, 2016 to 2020 Acura MDX, the 2016, 18, and 19 Honda Pilot, 2017 to 2019 Honda Ridgeline, and the 2018 to 2019 Honda Odyssey. specifically it's 248,999 vehicles that are affected by the recall and going to the actual recall is due to a manufacturing error the connecting rod bearing in the engine bay may wear and seize causing potential damage to it now the damages the engines may stall or run improperly while a person is driving the vehicle increasing the risk of a fire, injury, or crash, according to the NHTSA, and in terms of snail mail, they're going to mail out physical letters to the owners by the notification letters by January 2nd, 2024, or if you feel so inclined to be a little bit more proactive, you can just call Honda at one 234 2138 Again, call Honda to see if your specific vehicle is affected at 1-888-234-2138, and then, the recall numbers are X as in Xenon Gas, G as in Gas, 1, and GS and gas, G as in Gas, 0. Those are the specific recall numbers. Now, interestingly enough, the Honda Ridgeline, that's their truck for all 18 of their customers. That's so in terms of volume of trucks, most people are gonna get a Ford F-150 or a Chevy Salrado, GMC has also known as a GMC. But it's one of those instances where and then some people get the Dodge RAM. It's very much heavily weighted with the big three. That's where historically General Motors, Ford, and Atlantis, well Chrysler, they made, they made a lot of their profits in the trucks. They had a huge market share and decades of heritage and consumer preference. And that's really where the money was for them. Now Honda, they do sell a couple of trucks. I suspect it's for mainly people who are really into the Honda brand. And it's kind of someone who has a family car and they have the family Honda Accord, and they don't want to sound a little more versatile, but I don't suspect that'll hurt their sales too much because in terms of percentage of their overall sales, it's not the biggest product by far, but to have a recall where your company is known as making some of the most reliable products on the planet, that's got to certainly be the business blunder of the day. Thank you again, everyone, for taking time to tune in today. Don't forget for trying to try and get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of November, so if you can click that button, I'd greatly appreciate it. Also, leave me a the comments is a great way to let me know how I can make the channel and the show better and better and improve the show quality. Lastly, don't forget to take time to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your co-workers, heck, tell your enemies, tell anyone and everyone, just stay safe, fight the good fight.